we empower the prophet. We empower the voice of the one giving us the prophetic word, and we receive, but we don't recognize that we're powerful and that we need to judge or even how to judge. This is Supernatural Business in Times of Crisis, the podcast. I'm Andrew Montesi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's supernatural breakthrough available for your business and your life today. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. If you're a subscriber, it has been a long break between episodes, but I'm back with a couple of bonuses to round out the season. Now, many people, especially in business, have been in a situation where someone gives you a prophetic word. It's awesome, it's big, it's a bit scary, but then you don't know what to do with it. Does that sound familiar? Unfortunately, this is a big problem right now. The prophetic is powerful and life-changing, but when people don't know how to process a word, receive it or steward it, it can lead to frustration, disappointment and rejection. This is where my guest, Michelle Diuz, comes in. Michelle is a prophet with a strong pastoral gifting and years of experience as a prophetic trainer. She has an amazing revelation on processing the prophetic and helps people unlock their words from God, find divine strategy and step into their destiny. In this interview, Michelle talks about her own journey with God and navigating the prophetic. She talks about her revelation on how to process the prophetic in a really practical way, what it means for people in business and many other amazing insights. In a time where we need clarity like never before, what you're about to hear from Michelle is an absolute game changer. And you can find out more at propheticprocessing.com. Enjoy the interview. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Now, to kick off, um, look, on this podcast, we've been talking a lot about the prophetic um, with many of our guests. But how do you define the prophetic? Oh, that's a great question. Um, for me, really, to define the prophetic is just being able to hear the voice of my father, you know, being able to um, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and with my father in a way where I know what they're thinking and feeling and, and what the desires of their heart is, you know, for me, first and foremost. And then also, you know, for situations or those around me, I, I feel like it's really about intimacy and connection. It's really good because the word prophetic can be a bit intimidating for some people. They kind of think it's mm-hmm. it's very mystic and out there. So, um, yeah, I think you've, you've, you've put it really well. I guess further to that, like what are the, what are the different ways of hearing from God? Because this personally has been something that I've been learning, particularly in the last few months. Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> hearing from God or, or sensing the Lord. I mean, we have, you know, we have all of our senses. And I think that he speaks to us in so many different ways because he's so creative. Uh, but, you know, oftentimes I'll have a feeling of a knowing. Um, a thought will cross my mind that I didn't have before. You know, if I ask him a question or if I'm looking at something this thought, and it'll sound like my own voice. It's not like it sounds like this booming voice, you know, in the background. Um, I have I have woken up before and heard, uh, you know, like the voice of the Lord so strongly 
and um, that it was, I would say, almost audible if it wasn't audible. I, but I woke up into his voice speaking to me, and um, and that was incredible. But I think he, he loves, I think, honestly, <laughs> sorry to be honest, I think the last way that he chooses to speak to me is through words, but most often he speaks to me through things that I'm looking at or a feeling or I'll connect with something at a whole new level and I know I'm connecting with him in that place and then he speaks to me through that you know um but you know all of your senses smelling I've smelled his presence um taste feel you know I think that he created the way we were created was that every part of us can encounter him every bit of us is meant to know him personally you know so I think that he loves to connect with us and and on every level, you know. But yeah, seeing, smelling, tasting, feeling, hearing, sensing, knowing, discerning, all of those things. There's um and and even then I feel like that that's only in my limited understanding. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think you open yourself up into his love and his presence, um, and then he begins, you know, to communicate to you in ways, you know, that you didn't even know before, you know, and not to make it sound too mystical, but I just mean, like, he'll take me in a memory of something, and then he begins to just communicate his love, or how he was there, or his thoughts on something, you know, um, oftentimes, he'll drop something, you know, within me, and he drops it, but then it unfolds. So it's like I'll have a knowing of something, um, but then over the next few days or few weeks or few months, it begins to unfold, you know. It's like if somebody were to wrap a gift like 25 times and you keep unwrapping it over, you know, and each yeah. new layer is a new, you know, piece of wrapping. So it, it's kind of like a, a journey, you know, a discovery. It sounds like that one of the keys is to be really conscious of it because I think even in my own experience, um, dealing with guys in business, they think, you know, again, the, the prophetic is for, for those type of people and I'm in business <laughs> and, and I don't operate that way. But, mm-hmm. but the way you're describing it, it's, it's like it's so accessible um, with every, with just that consciousness of it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's why busyness robs from us so much is because when we're so busy and we're so focused on, you know, what we're about and what we're doing that we leave him out of the equation. We leave him out of the conversation, you know, and, and he's really wanting to be a part of all of it. But we think, oh, no, he's just there on Sunday or he's just when I'm in crisis or he's just when I'm being good or he's just and he really I remember he spoke to me one time and um, yeah, actually it was through a friend. Um, and he said, Michelle, there's no space between us. Wow. There's no space between us. And when I really sat in that and and in reading the word and, and what's promised, I mean, that's exactly what Jesus said. You know, he was like, I'm going to go to the father and then we're going to return because we're going to make our home in you. You know, he, and it was like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I am the dwelling place of the most high God. And we we think about that in some religious format but it really means that there's no space between us and he just loves to be in my presence just as much as I love to be in his 
And it's that simple. Just like I love being with my kids or my husband or, or my best friend or, you know, I love their laughter. I love how they think. And um, it's the same with him. I think he just wants to be with us all the time, you know. And he is. We're just not always conscious of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we have to turn aside. We really do. It's like we have to intentionally go, I know you're here. You've, you've made that clear. You've made that commitment. You will never leave me or forsake me. So in this moment, in this situation, in this decision, what are you saying? What are you doing? You're here with me, you know, and then waiting. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's absolutely key. I mean, what does this, what does this look like in business? And, and are we even scraping the, the surface of, of what's possible um, in terms of the prophetic or simply hearing from God in business? You know, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm just touching the surface in this with my own company and uh, prophetic processing. And I woke up one morning and, and literally he said, it's time to start your business. And I didn't even know what business he was talking about. But I woke up into hearing him say, and he was so excited, it's time to start your business. And then I had to ask, um, Lord, what, what business would that be? <laughs> you know, that's how in tune I was. Um, but that began a conversation where he began to talk to me about what's on my life and, and the wisdom that he's put within me and this prophetic um, processing and consulting. And, and um, I just began to ask questions. What do I do first? Then I'd obey. What do I do next? Who do I connect with? And a lot of it was really relational connections that needed to happen. Um, but I, I do not believe that I, I, I'll say this. I believe we are scratching the surface, um, but just the surface. Uh, I've done some consultations, um, and with a, a partner of mine, Erin, and the prophetic wisdom and understanding and insight that she had because of her experience in the military and because of, of just who she is the Lord used so powerfully in this consultation with a gentleman in Africa and he was blown away and I was blown away because we were partnering her life experience, part of her, her call, her metro and her purpose, and then his business and what he was doing. And the consultation, um, it just took a turn that I had no idea it was going to take because she showed up, <laughs> you know, she was in the room. Um, and she, even at the end of the consultation, he said, you're asking, you're answering questions I didn't even know to ask. And this is profound and I needed to hear this. But it was prophetic insight into his business and what he needed to do next. And she had a lot of great questions. So I think in the prophetic, we have to learn how, and especially in business, we need to be asking the right questions. Yeah. You know, and you definitely want to use, utilize um, people who are in tune <laughs> with the Lord, you know, who have that prophetic, um, gifting on their life because I mean, her insight was phenomenal. It blew me away. And I, I know this girl, she's somebody I've been mentoring and, you know, become a good friend of mine. But when we got in that room and as consulting in business, a whole other side of her stepped to the plate and I was so impressed. And then I thought we really need to do business consulting. because This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Um, I guess coming to to the next point, I mean, you you get the word that you're going to be starting your own business. You don't know what it is. <laughs> then obviously you get to the point where it's like, well, the, the business is in prophetic processing, but you actually need to process this prophetically yourself. 
Yes. What's been your own experience with with prophetic processing, good, bad, the ugly? Well, it's interesting. Um, years ago, the Lord actually gave me this tool of prophetic processing. And uh, without going into all of how um, I came about it, he gave me these nine questions that when you receive a, a prophetic word, these are the nine questions to go through. And so I just went back through my prophetic words because he had showed me, he said, Michelle, you have such, um, he really was speaking about his bride in general, you know, but he was talking to me. Um, there's such potential, you know, so much potential that I have for you. There's so much, you know, but you're sitting and waiting for the next word. He goes, but I've already given it to you. You need to go back to these words and look at the season that you're in and, and, and really begin to process through what are the next steps. And, and in that process of going through those nine steps, something that I learned is that um, a prophetic word, especially, especially for business, your prophetic word is an invitation to a deeper conversation. It's not the final word. It's an invitation. And so as I went back through my prophetic words and, and really went through these nine different steps, which now has evolved into, you know, um, uh, there's actually 12 steps to prophetic processing. But um, once I went through them and I just began to partner with the Lord and partner with Holy Spirit in, in these nine different questions, these nine different activations, um, I started to see how how faithful the Lord had been, but also that there were areas in my life that I hadn't been obedient because I didn't recognize, oh, this was actually, he has this promise on my life, but there was a condition to it. Not a condition that, hey, I'm not going to give this to you if you don't you know, listen and obey, but it was when you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this will happen. So there were, con- there were conditions connected to his promises. And, um, you know, that can sound kind of harsh when I start to, when I start talking about this, people are like, wait a minute, the promises of God, you know, there's, there's no conditions. And it's like, actually with the blessing of God and the promises of God, there are, if you look in the word, you know, I mean, he says, no matter who it is, whoever feeds the homeless and takes care of the widows, I will bless their life. That's why we see, you know, people who don't even know Jesus yet and their lives are financially blessed and they're living in abundance, you know, and prosperity what do they do? They they're giving a lot. They're they're feeding the homeless. They're giving to to organizations. You know they've really learned how to sow and how to reap. So, I think there's promises that we need to look at and go. Okay, in my prophetic word, there was direction that was given. But what is around that direction? What is my part to play? You know, how do I come into alignment and agreement um, with this word? And what are my next steps? You know, what do I do next? And and I had to keep asking that question okay, Lord, what season am I in and how does this prophetic word line up with the season that I'm in? You know, and maybe it's 20 years out. You know, I have a, I have a prophetic word that the Lord has used to shape my life that I received in 2003 and um, by a husband and a wife, pastors who are prophets. And this word, when I received it, I didn't understand most of it. Like, you know, some prophetic words we get. But yet there was so much direction and clarity and, uh, you know, that I knew. I was like, when I sat with the Lord with this word, he said, this word has a five-year, 10-year, and 20-year plan to it. Well, now my job is to go in and look at, okay, what what's the five-year part? What's the 10-year part? What's the 20-year part? And I just walked through this step with him, and he took me um, through it over the years. And I'm actually now walking out 
pretty much almost everything that was in that original word that at first I thought, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to do that. You know, there's no way I can. But as I grew in in my relationship with the Lord and really understanding what he's really saying, as I grew in my identity and, and became healthier, those things actually started to happen naturally in my life. Michelle, it's really interesting. I've, um, you know, been having some conversations with some people after understanding what you do and, um, you know, this, this kind of concept of prophetic processing and people are like, wow, like <laughs> this is just so needed. Like I've got all these, all these words that God said to me that he's promised me and I just don't know what to do with them. How do people typically respond? And I guess what are the dangers of things like disappointment and discouragement when it comes to people's inability to, to kind of map this stuff out? So it, first of all, it's so important. I think prophetic processing is a tool that the Lord is releasing, you know, kind of on the in the land right now. Um, Dan and I have, Dan, Dan McCollum and I have been doing prophetic processing. He's been training at the mission for the, you know, last 10, 15 years. I actually was not at the mission when I received this from the Lord. I was at another church, but I knew Dan. Um, and I was just stewarding this on my own. And then he was stewarding it, you know, at his church um, along with others. And then we connected and realized, wow, this is actually something that God is releasing. And it was about four or five years ago. This is something God is releasing right now, and we really need to begin to build this. So it's something that a lot of people are like, well, I've never, never heard of that. What is this? What do you do with this? And I need this. How do I get this? You know, um, and prophetic processing really is, is a tool the Lord is releasing to bring healthy community because it teaches you how to judge your prophetic word. And, and that is something I feel that has been lacking in prophetic companies or I shouldn't say companies, in prophetic communities, prophetic culture, is we empower the prophet. We empower the voice of the one giving us the prophetic word, and we receive, but we don't recognize that we're powerful and that we need to judge or even how to judge because we we place them almost in this separate category because, oh, they heard the voice of the Lord. They heard the word of the Lord. And the danger of that when when you're not able to connect with the Lord's voice for yourself, the danger is that then you put so much emphasis on what the other person, the prophet or the prophetic voice is saying to you and not knowing how to find that balance and how does this really apply in my own life. And, you know, you know the season you're in. They don't know the season you're in. They could be giving you a word that's actually bringing you into a new season. You know, they can be speaking something over you or to you that will that if you allow it to, it's actually going to shift the season that you're in and bring you into that new place. But if you don't recognize that, and you just sit and wait and sit and wait and sit and wait, that's where we find people are just uh, they've lost hope, they've lost courage, they've lost faith, um, and and now they don't trust the prophetic because they've never seen these things come to pass. Um, and and I've seen a lot of devastation, you know, in small churches and large churches from ministries where um, we only empower the prophetic voice and not the receiver and I think that's something that is shifting now you know the pendulum is is swinging because we have to have the prophetic because if we understand at the heart of what the prophetic is 
it is intimacy with the Lord. It's simply knowing his voice. It's knowing what he's saying. It's knowing, where he, knowing his thoughts and his intent towards you and encouraging and building you up and strengthening you, but also giving you direction. Um, so with prophetic processing, you know, I would say to people who are, who are hopeless or they've been wounded by the prophetic, I would say, you know, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on to hope. Because the Lord is bringing something now that is going to empower them to really partner with their prophetic word and find activation and acceleration. And um, I think learning these tools, I believe every community that teaches people how to prophesy should also teach people how to do prophetic processing or should have someone in their community that does prophetic processing so that you can partner with that prophetic word you know, where God is taking you, what season are you in, what to look for, what, you know, what to be careful of. Um, but, you know, it, it, with anything, I think with anything that's worth its weight in gold, you're going to, you're going to have trials. You're, you know, it's going to be tested. It's going to be, um, you know, something that if it's really worth what I believe it's worth in our lives, then you know, it's going to be tested and it's going to be, and it's going to come through as gold. And through hundreds of people that I've consulted with, with prophetic processing time and time and time again, when I meet with them, they feel like they've missed it. They feel like they, they have no hope. Um, their business is falling apart or their marriage is a mess or they're struggling with their kids or they just, or they just really honestly feel like they've missed their calling. They've missed what they were supposed to do. And in, in the cons consultations with them, it's so beautiful to see how, the whole, how to partner with Holy Spirit and bring back into their life hope. I mean, I have people that, are, um, that just are crying. Men are like, does everybody cry? Like, this is crazy. I'm like, almost. <laughs> you know, because you're getting in touch with, with the Father again. You're getting in touch with what He's really saying to you and what He's really doing in this season and in previous seasons because the Lord just gives me that insight, you know, um, and, and it gives me questions to ask and, um, things just come about. It, it's kind of like being a seeker where you're looking, you know, for certain things in these prophetic words and they pop out at me and, and I begin to place together a narrative that the Lord is communicating to them. And, you know, I've never had, I've never had one person be disappointed. They've always, said this was absolutely amazing this was more than i even expected i didn't even know what to expect and this is phenomenal this has changed my life you know i get emails on a regular basis with people that are like this actually happened you said this and it happened i've been waiting for 20 years on this prophetic word and i did what you said in our session and it happened and it's it isn't me it's really connecting them with what god was really saying to them they actually had action steps that they needed to take you know, and once they take those steps, they're like, oh, my goodness, the Lord, it's like he had it here waiting for me all along. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, absolutely. You know, in terms of just coming back to your point on judging yeah. the word that you receive, yes. I think mm -hmm. that's a that's a really big one. Can you just tell us mm -hmm. in a little bit more detail, like what does that actually look like? Like, how do I if I've received a word? How do I how do, how do I judge it? So there's a number of ways that you judge that you judge your one of so prophetic processing really is a tool of judging your prophetic word. Yeah. You know, it, um, 
so going through those steps. But part of that is, you know, you can get a prophetic word from someone. And, you, and I always look at, I always ask this question. So did you know the person giving you this word? No, I didn't. Okay, great. Um, sometimes I've had people say, uh, yes, I did. It was my pastor or it was this prophet who comes to our house a lot or, you know, this kind of thing. And um, I always take that into consideration, you know. I'll look for, well, where, where is this headed and what's the motivation? You know, where what's happening within this prophetic word? Um, but when someone receives a prophetic word, I always just, I tell them, first sit down. And as you're, as you're going through your prophetic word, just get out a pencil, get out a highlighter. What is standing out to you right now where you're like, man, I read this and I, I can feel the effects of these words like hitting my spirit or hitting my heart. And that's the part where I'm like, arrow that, underline that. But go through your whole word and, and do that first. And then I go back through the word and I begin to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Is there anything in here that you're speaking directly to the season that I'm in right now? Or is this all about where I'm headed? Because if it's talking about where I'm at right now, I can actually begin to look for measurements. If I'm like, oh, I believe this is actually talking about where I'm at right now. I can see that in the word, like, oh, that's actually happening. Oh, I've been leaning into that. Oh, that sounds familiar. Okay, so then you start to look for, now, is there something in this word that's leading me into an action that is in my next season? Because I want to paint a target on that and begin to look for that. And as I begin to look for that, we're actually, as you look at something, you're narrowing in your focus and you begin to head in that direction. Um and, and so when I'm teaching people how to judge their prophetic words, I'm taking them through a number of steps and, and questions. This is what you ask. This is where you go. Um, and then th sometimes there's parts of a word, honestly, where someone, the, the person received a picture and they're now explaining the picture instead of just giving the word. You know, um, so I think prophetic training is really important. It's, it's time to really step up, um, you know, our, our prophetic gifting so that we're not spending so much time talking about the picture we saw, but we're giving actually what is the Lord saying in this? What is the message in this? And, you know, so people have filters. So I've gone through prophetic words and I'm, I'm reading through this prophetic word and I can tell the filter of the person who gave the word. It's very clear. Yeah. But when I, when I ask the Holy Spirit, is this the conversation you want to have with this person? Or was this their filter? Was this the prophet's filter? You know? Um, and nine times out of ten, if it's not landing, it was their filter. You know? And they just went into an explanation that really has nothing to do with what the season this person is in. So then when I meet with my client, I go, okay, what does this word mean to you? Say it's an eagle or, you know, a glass of water, whatever it is. There's a picture of something that the prophet just explained you know, yep. took five minutes to explain. And um, they're like, oh, well, actually, this is what it means to me. When I was a little girl or I had a dream and this eagle was in that dream, it looked just like that. Oh, okay. So the Lord's communicating to you specifically about this. Let's talk about that. And as we unpack it, then they start to see, oh, my goodness, there's actually other parts in this prophetic word that are connected to the dream that I had that I didn't even know was from God. And so it's like this language. It's fun. 
you know, and if people could learn to have fun with it and not be so serious. But what happens is because we only empower the prophet or the prophetic voice, we think we can't have fun with language. We can't do anything with this prophetic word or accept it's word for word. It has to be exactly as it was said. It has to only mean what was said. And it's like, I have found, oh, that's not the case. This is an invitation to go deeper. Let's look at what this, what does this word nurture really mean? What does the word calibration mean? You know, and then as you look through the definition of those things, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This starts to pop up. Then this question, then this, oh my goodness, this is actually an answer to a question I asked God two years ago. The prophetic person didn't know that. But the receiver of the word did. And as they learn to judge their prophetic word and dive deeper into it and ask questions, all of a sudden they're realizing how well he knows them and what he's really drawing them into yeah. and the invitation that this word really is. But we don't know how to do that. We don't think that's safe. Yeah. And I just want everybody to realize, you know, this is an invitation to a deeper conversation. But you've got to be willing to take the time. And, and break apart your prophetic words and have that conversation and go deeper. Do the word studies, you know, ask the questions. Praying and meditating, absolutely. But then dive in deeper, you know. Yeah. Did I really answer your question? No, I don't know if I answered your question. No, no, no it's so good. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, um, yeah, it's such a, a great practical explanation, which I think um, our listeners absolutely need to, to I guess, build on that. Um, I think, I think what you're doing and what you're talking about is so pivotal um, at a time like this, in the midst of a pandemic. I'm thinking particularly of people in business, um, and maybe let's run through this scenario: people in business who have had a wor word or multiple words spoken over their life, over their role in business, over their business. They hit the pandemic, and the circumstances are the exact opposite of what's been spoken mm -hmm. over their life. Mm -hmm. And that may have been 10 mm -hmm. years ago, even 20 years ago. So if I'm coming from a place where I haven't understood prophetic processing, I'm hearing what you're saying, I'm going, right, okay, so how do I look at my current circumstances, look at the words that have been spoken over my life quite a while ago? How do mm -hmm. I then take something that was spoken some time ago and then begin the process much further down the track in the midst of this challenge that I'm facing? That is such a great question. And, and it is a challenge that, you know, so many people are facing today. Um, and right now the challenge is the pandemic, you know, COVID-19. But the challenge could also be the death of a spouse or, you know, a move. Or it could be you all of a sudden go bankrupt or this, this something. There's a car accident. There's multiple challenges um, in our lives that we're going to come across. And, and I find that for me personally, when I've been in these seasons um, or when I've been in, faced with these challenges, that, you know, the narrative of the enemy stays the same. Do you really think God was calling you to that? Who do you think you are? Um, do you really think you can do that? You know, his narrative stays the same. And he always thinks he's winning. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. He thinks he's bringing division. He thinks he's winning. He thinks he's you've lost hope, you've lost your money, you think, he thinks you've lost everything, and he's trying to convince you of his narrative. And personally, I feel like every, every trial that we go through, every situation that we go through, that is hard. Death is hard. Death is so hard. You know, loss is so hard. 
but these are also the places where we it's that we have we have a choice that I'm not going to be a victim of this season. I'm not going to be a victim of COVID. I'm not going to be a victim of death. I'm not going to be a victim of losing my business. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from this. This did not take God by surprise. Okay? So it took me by surprise. It didn't take him by surprise. He has a strategy. He has a structure. He has provision. If I if I get out of the of the turmoil, if I get out of the of the constant whirlwind, the hurricane of chaos that can be around us in each of those situations, and I find that place with him, I find that peace, I find the eye of the storm, so to speak, um, you know, we would all love the storm to stop, we would love the waves to stop, and, and everything to cease, and, and just that peace actually be found in the midst of everything just becoming wonderful again, but that's not life, that is not how it happens, what happens is he, he he walks with us in the midst of those things. So if I've just lost my business and I'm trying to figure out, God, where are you in this? I have to first and foremost go, I know that you're good. And I'm going to stand on that belief. And I know that somehow in this, you're actually causing me to win. Yeah. You're actually causing me to draw deeper into my faith, to to gain better understanding and insight. And because I believe that you are good and that you work all things out, this is when we learn what we're made of. Honestly, this is when we learn what we're made of. This is when I learn, oh my goodness, I thought I had great faith. But now I'm trying to figure out paying this bill or that bill or where, how am I going to rebuild my business? Or now I'm a single mom or, you know, which I've been a single mom and I've had to rebuild. <laughs> but what I discovered in those times was that the narrative, just like the narrative of the enemy never changes and he always thinks he's winning, though he isn't, he's lost. Our narrative hasn't changed, you know? And, and it is Christ who is um, my strength and my hope. But those times of crisis, crisis, you know, I, this may sound silly, but I like to use history as my teacher. If I look back through history and every time of crisis, whether it be in my own life, whether it be in the world, whether it be in the word, are you hearing me? Yep. Oh, okay. It like clicked out. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Technology. Um, um, start that, maybe start that bit again. Yeah, I'll start that over again. Yeah. Um, in the midst of crisis, I like to use history as my teacher. You know, if you look at when the great revivals broke out, there was usually a crisis that was happening in the world just before that time or in the midst of that time. Um, in my own life, the greatest victories I've had have come through a, a time of crisis. Uh, in the word, if you if you really study the word from beginning to end, it, people were having personal crises left and right. You know, I mean, the Israelites were in one crisis after another. <laughs> you know, and and if I if I look at the faithfulness of God through the word of God, through my own history, and through the history of the world, then I know this crisis is no different. 
And you know what, Lord, we're going to restructure some things because there, he told me a while back, he said, Michelle, I want you to take failure out of your dictionary. I want you to remove failure and I want you to replace it with a new definition. There's no failure. There is results. You just got results in what you did. Okay. The results may not be what you intended, but you learned something. So I want you to now go back to the drawing board board and take what you've just learned and restructure this part of your business. Try this again. Okay. With what you've learned. And so I had to start looking at um, those things that I felt like I had quote unquote failed and, and okay, Lord, I need your perspective. I need to see what did I learn because I don't feel like I learned anything in that moment other than I should not step out and take a risk. And he's like, yeah, but that's not that. But then he says, yeah, but that's not our narrative. Is it? I'm like, no, you're right. Really good. Because you know, I mean, he, he told me this one day, he said, Michelle, I want you to trust me. And I said, I said, Papa, I do trust you. I mean, I, I'm being obedient. I'm trusting you. And I don't understand why, why are you saying that to me? You know, it's like, why are you questioning my trust? And he said, he said, because you've forgotten how to risk. And I'm like, well, what does risk have to do with it? And he says, well, you can't have one without the other. You can't have trust without risk. And you can't have risk without trust. He said, look at love. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. And he, and I realized that there was an area I was not stepping out in risk um, because I was afraid of failure. And he's like, if we remove failure and we look for results and we remove fear and we risk, then you're walking in true trust with me. So, Michelle, we've talked a lot about this process and it's, and it's brilliant, but I think another great way of learning is, is to understand, well, what are the key mistakes so in terms of receiving a prophetic word, what are the, what are the common mistakes that, that we should look out for and avoid? Okay, um, that's a great question. I, common mistakes are, one is when you receive a prophetic word and in the prophetic word you're seeing or hearing the Lord is saying, I will do this, I am going to do this, I will do this, I will do this. So that is... The Lord is saying, hey, I'm pro- this is my intent. This is what I plan to do. And we can sit back and kind of, you know, sit back and go, well, God's going to do this. He's got it all controlled. I'm not going to put my hands in the pot because I don't want to mess anything up. That's a mistake. <laughs> not, that it, not that we go into, now I'm going to make this happen. That's also a mistake. We don't, you know, if you, if you receive a prophetic word, you know, that's very directional about your business or about where you're going to live to just all of a sudden pack up and move without any preparation, without any confirmation. Um, you know, that's, that's a common mistake. I think you want to look at your word and okay, Lord, you're promising that you are going to do these things, but how do I align my life? How do I align my way of thinking? How do I align my thoughts with your promises, with the intent that you have over my life? Um, and because that is, that's how we partner with him. He is, he has just stated, Hey, these are my plans for you. This is what I want. You know, what I have, I'm providing for you. This is what I want to do through your life. Whether it's, you know, I, I get a lot of prophetic words that come across my desk about, um, healing for the nations, um, influence. You're going to lead leaders. 
you know, a lot of these huge words and the person is going, um, you know, I, I don't want to travel. I don't like to travel. I'm scared to speak in front of people. Um, what, who, which leaders are they talking about? You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and as we break it down and we look at it, I go, okay, well, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm a teacher. And I just, this is a true story. And I looked at her and I said, well, you are leading leaders. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she's like, what? And I said, the, you, the Lord is inviting you to see that as you teach, you are, you are training up these children to be leaders. So everything that you are teaching them isn't just about reading and writing. It's about how to communicate. It's about how to listen. It's about how to be a strong leader, how to find their voice and how important their voice is. And she just began to cry. It, she was like, that's my passion. That's what I love to do. But I look at this prophetic word and I think I must not be doing what God's called me to because it talks about, you know, um, being in other nations and, and leading leaders and speaking to leaders. And I said, well, what are the demographics of your classroom? And she's like, oh, it's, in, you know, there's a lot of demographics. We have Indian, we have Hispanic, I have, you know, black, I have white, you know. And I'm like, well, there's your other nations. And we have to, like, go, how does this apply now in my life? And, and could it be that the Lord is actually using the situations that I'm in right now to train me for where he's leading me in the next, in the next season? And I, I told her, I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I said, I, I do believe that you will actually go to other nations, but you're probably going to go as a teacher and as a trainer. And she said, you know, I did have a dream about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay. So see how the conversation, we, we take something that, that had been heavy and foreboding and, and misunderstood. And all of a sudden she realizes that she's right where she's supposed to be. But now she needs to also prepare herself um, because the Lord has confirmed in a dream and a prophetic word, you know, and with myself that she's probably going to be going to other you know, nations and, and teaching or training or doing some type of, you know, work that way. And, um, and that was so liberating for her. And she just, she was thrilled and she couldn't wait. And, and then she was like, okay, so what would my next steps be? I said, well, what's on your heart? If you were to think about the nations, you think about people who, who's on your heart, what do you have a heart for? And she began to really ponder that. And, and she named a couple of place people in her life. And I said, well, where are they from? And we just kind of, we we discovered together, we journeyed together through her prophetic word, through a relationship with the Lord, and through the prophetic insight the Lord was giving me in that moment, that um, the ways that she could prepare for going to India, uh, or wherever it was that, you know, she was going to end up going. Um, I think we have to demystify these prophetic words, and we have to recognize, you know, the Lord is communicating to me here, but it's my job to really understand what he's saying and what my next steps are and how I can align with that. Um, yeah, it's really, and, it's, it's really good. It's, and it comes back to, you know, those points that you've been making that people forget that it's an invitation, that it's a partnership and that it, response yes. is required. Yes. Response is required. We don't get to just sit back, you know? Um, and I've seen devastation happen because people have just, you know, I, I was, I've seen people where they've had prophetic words about owning multiple homes and um, 
you know, and so they just kind of sat back and was like, wow, I'm going to own multiple homes. They stopped stewarding their finances. They actually stopped stewarding their marriage well and ended in divorce and and lost their home. And when I met, talked with them later, kind of in, in passing, one of the things they said was that the man must have been a false prophet because none of what he said came to pass. And it And in that moment, and this was years ago, this was... This was before the Lord had even given me these steps to prophetic processing. In that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit arrested me and said, no, that's not what happened at all. And then the Holy Spirit began this dialogue with me about how we are to partner, how we're to steward. If, if the Lord has spoken over your business, that you're to have impact, that you're to have multiple millions of dollars, you know, um, and that you're to change, you know, structures or change the face of, of this company or this business, then, you know, begin to, what are, okay, what are the first steps? What are the problems? What are the strategies? Where do we head first? What do I have within me already that God has provided the answer for that? Oftentimes we remove ourselves, you know, from the equation and we just go, God, what are you going to do? And he's like, I've actually put that answer in your life already. I'm going to get, I've already given you that strategy, but we remove ourselves, you know, from the equation and we just look at him. So I think learning to steward, you know, so if you have call, if you have a call in your life to make millions, how are you stewarding the, the thousands? You know, how are you stewarding your, your marital relationship, your relationship as a father, or as, a, as a mother, you know, with your kids, first and foremost, family. You know, he's not going to bring blessing if your family's a mess, <laughs> you know, because he wants the family unit to be strong so that when he does bless you, there's provision, there's inheritance, there's, you know, um, it can go on. But sometimes we just look for, you know, okay, this word, I'm going to have a lot of money, I'm going to do a lot of things, uh, my business is going to change the face of, of you know, the IT, comp- you know, corporation, but your marriage is a mess. Where do you start? You start with your marriage. Yeah. And God will take care of the business. You start with your kids. Your kids are a mess. You have to start at home. That's yeah. where he begins to build is when we steward at home and build at home. So good. Yeah, so much good stuff there. Um, yeah, I think these these tools and the these lessons and, and insights, I think they're going to unlock some things for, for a lot of people. So, yeah so good to, to have you sharing all this but i'm also really keen to get into um, my weapons to equip listeners that that we ask all of our guests and i know that you've done some <laughs> preparation which i'm pretty excited about not all of my guests prepare um, unfortunately as much as i i tell them to but i'm going to kick off what's the one daily habit you'd recommend to get on the front foot every day mm-hmm. um i would for me personally, it's before I get out of bed, I'm connecting my heart to his. Before I put my foot on the ground, before I'm looking at my phone, before anything else, I'm saying good morning. And and I'm just taking that moment as I'm waking up and I'm listening. Because oftentimes, Andrew, I have found the most profound things that he's spoken to me um, and directional uh, into my identity, 
have been in those early morning hours as I'm waking up. And, and so for me, I have to start the day just knowing that he's been waiting for me to wake up and listen, you know, um, a number of years ago, uh, I woke up one morning and this was in a time I was a single mom and I was just really, my identity had been shot and I was just really growing in my relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and there was just a lot of breakthrough. I would go to bed at night, just reading the word. I'd wake up and I couldn't wait to just spend time with Jesus. And he was, he was reworking my identity. I was such a broken woman and I had no idea who I was or my value. And so Jesus was, and the father were just, were intently going after who I am in Christ, who I am as a new creation and the value they've placed on my life and, and my purpose. And anyways, I woke up one morning and, and to literally it was like the audible voice of the Lord. And I heard song of Solomon four, nine. Now I had grown up in a, um, my parents were first, um, first generation Christians and we grew up, uh, not really believing in the gifts or, um, Holy Spirit and um, we did not read Song of Solomon. <laughs> you know, it was kind of, when I asked about that book, it was kind of like, ah, oh, that's a book that really probably shouldn't be in, in there, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I had never read Song of Solomon, so I had no place for what Song of Solomon 4.9 was going was to do to my life. Um, but I got up and I heard Song of Solomon 4.9, and I could feel the anticipation in his voice. Like, he had been waiting all night for me to wake up into that, into those words. And I turned over, and I looked at Song of Solomon 4.9, and he says, You've ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You've ravished my heart with one look of your eye. And in that moment, Andrew, my life completely changed. Wow. It, it, that was a literally, I, I was undone and overwhelmed with the love and the intent that he had at communicating to me how I had ravished his heart. And I, as I sat in that and as I wept and I was thinking, no, you have ravished my heart. You, you know, I'm trying to return to him this love and, and he, he received it, but he was like, Michelle, you're my delight. I just receive this because I'm actually forming in you your identity in this moment. Like I'm solidifying the fact that I have eyes for you and you alone and you have to know that. That's the value I've placed on your life and our relationship. And it, it ruined me for anything less. And yeah. so when you say, you know, what weapons, I would say intimacy is my lesson, is my weapon. <laughs> it's my greatest weapon intimacy with him waiting listening just knowing that he is anxious and excited to communicate what a beautiful way to to explain a, a daily habit that's that's just amazing yeah, yeah. life-changing that's so good it, it, it was life-changing um you mentioned the, the song of solomon but um is there is there another verse uh, of inspiration that that you're really connecting with even now? Yeah, especially right now in this season. Um, I have a number of verses, but Psalms 37, um, 4 and 5, uh, really in this season um, are strengthening me, encouraging me, helping me keep my focus, you know, and that's delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
commit your way to the Lord. And that commit your way, it really means commit your thoughts, um, commit your mindsets, commit, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him also that he will do it. And I have some things that, you know, he's put on my heart for business, um, and I'm intimidated by them <laughs> because they, they look too big. But in meditating on this, it's like as I delight in him, that that's my primary directive is to delight in him. And in that place, that trust is built. And in that place, sometimes the desires of my heart actually change. You know, oftentimes as I'm delighting in him, you know, my heart was intent on one thing. But as I sit with him or I get in his presence or I just listen or I wait, sometimes I hear nothing, absolutely nothing. But I know because there's no space between us, I know he's communicating love, you know, and, and acceptance. And, and so, therefore, I know that if a desire of my heart changes, it's because that's just his goodness. And, and it's his delight to, to do it. It's his delight to, to give me the desires of my heart. Um, and where it says, commit your way to the Lord, you know, like I was saying earlier, it really means to commit your thoughts, commit the way that you are intending on going. Well, that actually starts with our mindsets. Yep. So if there are mindsets that I have that are preventing me from walking out the call and the purpose that's on my life, man, I need to go after that. I need to commit myself to really, you know, dig deep. What is this mindset that's preventing me from actually trusting and risking or believing that I actually am who he says I am, that he is who he says he is? You know, it starts there. Um, and then I get to just trust that he's going to perform. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. And if there's a desire in my heart that hasn't changed, it hasn't shifted, you know, I, I keep giving it back to him. I'm like, you know, if this isn't what you want me to do, believe me, any moment, Papa, <laughs> you can change this and I won't do it, you know. But, um, you know, I just know, like, no, if it stays there and I feel it even stronger, it's like, okay, I'm going to need to step out in obedience um, and, and take this risk and invest or whatever it is that, that is on my heart. And then I, I trust, you know, and trust is the riskiest thing sometimes. But he says, trust him also because he will do it. And that's where we partner in our prophetic words. He says he's going to do something, but what am I doing? I'm commit I'm delighting in him. I'm committing my ways to him. I'm, you know, think on these things, you know. I have the mind of Christ. I'm engaging in what his thoughts are and my thoughts and we're communing together. Um, and then I can trust that he will do it. That's brilliant. Yeah, so good. And what about what about a worship song? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. There isn't just one song, but I, I find um, Upper Room. I, I'll click on Upper Room, and I, I love their, their music sets. But one that I go to often is um, it's this one song, and it's called I Just Love You. And it's really a love song to Jesus. Um, but at one point in the love song, you can you can tell that he's singing it to us as well, you know. Um, and it's just this beautiful, you know, love song. It's very simple. I, I love songs that are, that when I'm done listening to it, the narrative stays in my head and it's simple and it's, and it's, you know, um, 
it keeps me focused, you know, on him and and where I'm headed and, you know, yeah. in that place. But, yeah, the upper room, anything by the upper room, but especially in this season, the song, I Just Love You. So good. And I know this one will be hard. It's typically hard for everyone. But what about a book that you'd recommend <laughs> to empower listeners right now? Oh, yes. Well, I would say the books that have really shaped this shaped me in the season that I'm in, first first and foremost, I would say, is Chris Fallotton's book, Destined to Win. When I read that book, um, I felt like he helped me to understand some things that I had gone through and some things that I was facing. But he talks a lot about, you know, the people who are on your bus, the people who God has actually connected you relationally with because they carry they carry a part of your purpose. Um, and and the Lord had told me that one day, he said, Michelle, I've, I've, you're asking, because I was just asking a bunch of questions about, you know, what I'm called to, where I'm going. And, and he said, well, the people who are on your bus are actually at, at, at another church. And I, I had been 20 years, 23 years um, serving at a church in my hometown, um, associate pastor, ran the prophetic ministry, children's ministry. I mean, I did everything you know, in the church. And um, my roots were deep there. But when he spoke to me about that, I knew, oh, wow. And I knew it was true that the people that were connected to the next season of my life that I was actually going to be building with were at another house. And... Um, and he said, the people that are, you know, connected to your purpose are on a different bus. And I I was elated, but I was scared to death at the same time because I yeah. understood that meant transition. So his book, Destined to Win, is really powerful. has a lot of key points. Um, Dan McCollum's book, Love and Prophecy. I think anyone who is just stepping out into the prophetic um, and or anyone who's been wounded by the prophetic, you know, I think and you. And you need to have those boundaries around the prophetic and understand the intent of God, you know, what he intended when he when he gave us this gift. I think love and prophecy is very simple read, but it's profound in that. Um, and then I have one more by Bob Goff. I don't know if you've heard of him, but it's called Love Does. Love and does. Um, this was a profound book as well. Very simple, but it's just about what love does, what love actually, love looks like something, right? We hear that. And in, in Bob Goth's um, book, he has a number of books. He really gives you and I um, testimonies of what love does through his own life, and it it was very challenging to me because uh, I had to look at what does love do in my story. Yeah. What does love look like in my day to day, not just with my kids and my family, but outside of my home. You know, so much good reading, so much good stuff in this in this chat Michelle but um just to finish off I, I wondered if you'd if you'd pray for our for our listeners um particularly through some of the the topics that you've discussed sure sure um yeah Whew. father I thank you first of all I love that you have given us the prophetic because you love to speak to us and through us. You love to encourage us, and you love us to, to get to be a part of encouraging others. And um, I thank you that in this time, in this day and age, you are, you are actually changing the way we view prophecy. You're, you are shifting the way prophetic culture is or hasn't been. 
Um, and I just thank you for that. Lord, we just give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Um, I thank you for this tool of prophetic processing. And I, I ask that you would connect the listeners right now to your voice in a unique and special way. That they would encounter you, Lord, even in the hearing of, of, this, of this broadcast um, or this podcast. That they would just feel the closeness of your love, of your heart, of your intent in their lives, that they would connect with who they are in and through your life in a whole new way. Um, I ask that you would encourage those who have been discouraged. Would you give them hope again? And I just, I speak a quickening right now to your spirits, a quickening and a hunger to your spirit to, to know God intimately, to know him uh, more intimately than than anyone else. There's such an invitation right now. I just feel this strong invitation to know him so intimately um, that you would wake up in the morning and hear that you are his delight, that he is proud, that he can't wait to live this day with you, through you. Lord, I thank you for the narrative that you're writing on our hearts. I thank you that we are sons and daughters, that we are priests, that we have a, an inheritance that we really haven't even begun to scratch the surface on. I ask that you would open the word, everyone listening to my voice right now, that there would be a, an increased hunger for the word of God, the revelation that you're bringing through your word, but also the revelation that you bring through that, those Kairos moments with you connecting with you in nature, connecting with you in family, connecting with you just in, in every little thing we're doing. I thank you for the invitation to a deeper conversation. I thank you that you risk, <laughs> that you've learned to risk in our lives and that you trust us completely with your heart, with your words, with your love, with your story. We just give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so amen. good. Michelle, just so grateful for, for your time and for, for sharing your story and your, and your insights so vulnerably as well. So, um, yeah, look, I'm going to include all the links for, for people to connect with you and what you're doing in the show notes. But Great. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll, we'll hopefully get you're you welcome. on again soon. This was fun. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.